we come before you this morning and we pray that you will speak to our hearts through your word. You've been faithful in the past, Lord, and we know you'll be faithful in the future. We thank you that you always speak to us through your word and through your servant. We pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross. We pray that the words that are spoken today will be your words, Lord, that they will touch hearts and lives. And we pray for anyone who's not saved that they will get saved today. And we pray that you'll build up and teach and encourage your people. And Lord, we pray for our nation, for our president, for his advisors, for our vice president, for all those in the Congress, Lord, and those in the state and local levels of government. Lord, we pray in the decisions that they make that you will guide them. We pray for a revival in our nation, Lord, that more and more people will get saved in these last days. And so we call upon you for help, Lord. We can't do it on our own. These are problems too big for us, but not too big for you. You can handle anything and everything. You're a God of miracles, God of the impossible. And we pray that you will bring all your resources to bear on our needs, Lord, and answer them. So we commit this time to you and pray for the message that it will be a blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. People today are trying to fill that void with anything and everything but the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a baseball pitcher, his name is Roy Halladay, one of the greatest pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball. He threw two complete game, perfect games, one of which was in the playoffs. And he retired and he ended up dying in a plane crash and it was discovered that he had all kinds of drugs in his body. He had been taking these opioids and other things and it's just the most tragic and sad story you can possibly imagine. People trying to find some kind of hope, some kind of happiness, some kind of fulfillment in life, but people are lonely. They're lonely. Some people go to the mall just to see people and talk to a checker. Some people take telephone calls they wouldn't normally take because they want to hear the sound of a human voice on the other end of the telephone. The title of our message today is Overcoming Loneliness. Overcoming Loneliness. The definition of loneliness is alone, solitary, isolated, unhappy at being alone, longing for friends and company. You know, whether you're by yourself at home or you're with others, during this pandemic, we haven't been able to see the people we love other than virtually over the computers and things of that nature. But it's tough. It's tough that parents can't see their children and children can't see their parents. Grandparents can't see their grandkids and these things are difficult, very difficult. And then you have friends that you love to be with and you can't see them, you can't be with them. So there's loneliness. Everybody has some time in their life where they have a period of loneliness. It affects everybody. And from the very beginning of time, when God created Adam and Eve, He created man to have fellowship with Him. He did not want man to be alone. And it says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, 
I don't see anything on, there's nothing on our screens, but Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, which says, there we go. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. So God created from man, from the rib of man, he created woman. And so then there was Adam and there was Eve. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. God always desired that man would have fellowship with him and would have the opportunity every day to walk with him and to glorify him in their lives. May the Lord encourage us today not to be lonely. Because when we have Christ, even if we have no other friends in this world, no other people we can see, we have Jesus, we shouldn't be lonely. So the three things that we're going to look at today from God's Word are number one, God is with us. Number two, God's people are with us. And number three, God's Word encourages us. God helps us in our times of loneliness. And He promises to be with us. In Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6, it says, where God is speaking to Joshua, it says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. God never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's with us wherever we go, whether we go out or whether we come in, whether we go to work or we stay at home and work. He's with us all through our lives. There was a time in the life of the prophet Elijah who was a great man of God and mighty servant of the Lord where he got lonely, where he got discouraged, where he got depressed. He got to the point where he even wanted to die. He had just won a great victory over the 450 prophets of Baal. And they were all killed. And God won the victory through the prophet Elijah. And then all of a sudden, wicked Queen Jezebel comes along and threatens to kill him and make his life like their lives. In other words, make him a dead person like they were dead. And instead of facing up to it, as he had other things in his life previously, he turned and ran. He fled. He fled from Jezebel and ended up in the wilderness. And God found him there. And God spoke to him. And we know the story there in the 19th chapter of First Kings and how God was there. There was an earthquake and there, God was not in the earthquake and there was a there was uh, thunder and God wasn't in that, and, but God was in a still small voice and he spoke to Elijah there and gave him encouragement and he said these words in the 18th verse of the chapter. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel. All those knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Remember, Elijah what I've done for you in the past. Remember, Elijah, that I've got 7,000 people here in Israel. It may not seem like a lot of people, but they are still true to me. Because Elijah got to the place where he says, and I alone am left. He felt it was him against everybody else. 
that everybody else had forsaken God. Everybody else had had left the Lord and they didn't want anything to do with the Lord. They were worshiping Baal. But God says, wait a minute, Elijah. There's still 7,000 people that have not bowed down to Baal. God always works through a remnant of His people. We'll never be in the majority. We'll never be those who have the biggest church. But when we preach the Word of God and we stand firm on what the Lord has taught us, there are others like us out there. And the Lord reminds us of that. He reminds us that there are still godly pastors and preachers and missionaries that continue to preach the Word of God, to preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ in this world today. The same thing happened to the Apostle Paul. There was times of loneliness in his life too. How would you imagine? We think it's hard to be home and stay home and not do anything. He was in a prison. He was in a dungeon in a terrible place. It would be so easy to get lonely and discouraged in a place like that, but he didn't let that happen. And he continued to write letters to the churches and to individuals in the New Testament. But there was a time where he did feel all alone there in Corinth in Acts chapter 18. And the Lord appeared to him in a vision and it says in Acts chapter 18 verses 9 and 10. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you and no one will attack you to hurt you. For I have many people in this city. God reminded Paul, you're on a mission. I have given it to you. You haven't finished it yet. Stay here in Corinth. Preach the word of God. Don't be afraid. Give out the gospel. I have many people in this city. So we encouraged Elijah. There are 7,000 still left following the Lord. And he encouraged Paul. I have many people in this city. And we should never forget the number of Christians that we have in the United States. The many evangelical churches the many godly leaders that we have in our country. We should never forget that across this world that people are still being saved and in Africa and Asia and all over the world in huge numbers. They're coming to Christ, even being persecuted and put to death and martyred for their faith. But it's exciting to know that God is still working through people. Sometimes we live in this little world where we think it's just us against everybody else. It's not. God has many saints. He has many souls that are saved. And when we get to heaven, we're going to see them. We're going to meet them. We're going to talk to them. And we'll be able to understand their language and they'll be able to understand ours. And it'll be such a blessing. You know who else felt lonely at times? was David out there running from Saul and running from Absalom and out in the wilderness all by himself sometimes and, and with his men. And he got, he got lonely. And he wrote in Psalm 142 in verse 4, he said this, Look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has failed me, 
No one cares for my soul. That last expression in Psalm 142 and verse 4 is such a tragic one. No one cares for my soul. But we can say, as brothers and sisters in Christ, I care for your soul. And even more, the Lord Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, He cares for our soul. Like the hymn writer says, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as He. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much He cared for me. Jenny sings that song and when we get back to having church and we can have the music and she can sing it again, it'll be such a blessing, one of my favorite hymns as well. But you know, if you don't settle, if you don't solve the problem of loneliness, if you don't overcome it with the help of the Lord, it can lead to worse things. It can lead to depression. And they've been talking in the news and the radio and television lately about how people are depressed and going through anxiety attacks and things like this. It's a sad thing. When you feel all alone and you get depressed, it's a tough thing. The unknown psalmist in Psalm 102, because we don't know who wrote it, said these words. Psalm 102, verse 7, I lie awake and am like a sparrow alone on the housetop. Sometimes you can't sleep at night. I don't know, that's happened to me a lot lately, but it's tough to sleep and and we lie awake and we think and our minds are racing about so many different things that are happening and going on around us and it affects us, but we can thank God that we can overcome loneliness through our Lord and through His Word. F.B. Meyer, one of the great preachers and men of God, once said, loneliness is an opportunity for Jesus to make Himself known. Have you ever wondered why sometimes God wakes us up in the night? Because He wants to talk to us. He wants to tell us something. He wants to minister to us in some way. God always has a reason and always has a purpose. And of course, one of my favorite songs is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. It says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Yes, if you have Jesus as your friend, you have a best friend. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Our second point today is not only is God with us and for us, but God's people are with us and for us. Now you say, now, Dean, that's true, but right now we can't attend church. All the seats are empty. You're preaching to an empty church and, and, and the people are out there listening online. But we can still be with each other and encourage each other through texts and emails and, and voice uh, communications and things like that. We can't be together right now and it hurts. I love all of you brothers and sisters in Christ. And I'm so thankful for you. Every Christian man is my brother. And every Christian woman is my sister. And I'm thankful for them. Sometimes people at work would say to me, Dean, do you have any kids? I say, 
I, ha- I don't have any kids personally, but I have a whole church full of kids. They call me Uncle Dino. They call me Uncle Dean. I'm so thankful that we have so many wonderful families and, and so many wonderful people in our midst. And one day soon, we'll be back together again. And I believe that there will be tears of joy, tears of joy when we can walk through those doors again and come in and have fellowship with one another. It's going to happen. It's going to come. We just have to be patient and we just have to wait. Yes, we have many wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. Ephesians 4 and 2 to 6 says these wonderful words, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. What an encouragement it is to have brothers and sisters to share our burdens, to pray for us, to support us. I've been through hard times. We all have. And we can all attest to the fact that it's through the Lord He gets us through it. But He also gets us through it with brothers and sisters that are praying for us, that are taking and putting their arm on our shoulder and saying it's going to be okay. The Lord's going to be with you. He's going to help you with this. And what can I do to help you? And let me give you this. Let me give you that. Praise God for the brothers and sisters we have. We have many burdens. We have many problems. We have many issues that we go through. And it's good to have friends and brothers and sisters that care for our souls and want the best for us. The great missionary to India, William Carey, who was called the father of modern missions, once lamented, Oh, that I had an earthly friend on whom I could unbosom my soul. Here was a man who preached the gospel to millions of people who won souls to Christ. But he longed to have a friend, somebody that was a confidant, that he could have that that close bond of fellowship together. Because when you have somebody like that, you have something precious and more valuable than money or jewels or anything like this. We're so thankful. As I mentioned that story of the 79-year-old man who waited for them to come and celebrate his birthday, or for at least a telephone call to wish him happy birthday. It's a sad thing. And so many times, it's very sad. When I think of friendship, I often think of David and Jonathan and that close friendship that they have. They cared for each other's souls. In 1 Samuel 20, verse 4, it says, So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you desire, you yourself desire, I will do it for you. And then he says in 1 Samuel 20 and verse 17, so now Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. It's so important that we have others in our lives as well that can be there for us. Solomon in his wisdom, when he wrote Ecclesiastes, mentioned these verses in verses 9 to 12 about how important others are to us. He says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. 
For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken. God has given us encouragement from Himself and He's given us encouragement from His people. And He's also given us encouragement through His Word. The Word of God is rich, it's powerful, and it's encouraging. And when we get lonely, we get down, we get discouraged, we need the Word of God to lift us up. We can't put on the television and expect to get some joy there that's going to build us up. It's only going to tell the bad news and the things that are happening. Very little good news. We can't put on the radio and expect to get some good news. We can't put on the on the internet and expect to get lifted up. But we can pick up the Word of God and every single time we're going to find promises from His Word. We're going to be encouraged by the principles to live by. And it's going to bless our life. And so oftentimes, we read a passage of Scripture and then maybe a preacher mentions that same passage of Scripture and you say, wow, Lord, you're really speaking to me. Not only through when I read the Word, but now another person's given the same Same word. God works in wonderful ways and we need His Word to encourage us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verses 3 through 5, it says these words. Paul writing to the Corinthians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation." that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so also our consolation also abounds through Christ. The Lord doesn't give us trials and difficulties and comfort us in them just for us. He gives us the comfort so that we can comfort others. And that is such an important thing. The Bible is so rich and so wonderful and has stood the test of time. There's no revisions. There's no updates to it. It's still the same Word of God that never changes because God never changes. His Word is just as relevant today as it was when it was written hundreds of and thousands of years ago. I love what it says in Psalm 119 and verse 105. Your lamp is a lamp, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Brothers and sisters, we're living in a dark world, a world of violence and corruption and sin. And that's why we need the word of God to light our path and to give us the illumination that we need. God speaks to us through His Word and we need to listen to Him. Claim His promises and obey His commands and follow His Word. The Bible is is more important to us than our necessary food. And just as you wouldn't miss a meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, whatever it might be, 
Though too, we as Christians shouldn't miss a meal spiritually. We need the food of God's Word. We need the milk of His Word. We need the meat of His Word. We need to feed on it. It's the only thing that will build us up spiritually and give us comfort and encouragement to face whatever hurdles and obstacles and difficulties there are in the world. So as we come to the end of our message today, let's remember that loneliness is real. It's real. It affects many people. It's affected me. It's affected you. I'm thankful that though I have lived alone since 1991, I don't feel lonely. And the reason I don't feel lonely is because number one, the Lord is with me. And number two, you guys, my friends, my brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ that I love so much have meant so much to me and I look forward to coming to church and I look forward to being with the body of Christ. And so I can really say I haven't felt lonely. But right now during this time, I do feel kind of lonely because I can't go visit my friends and, and my family that I, I always have before. It's tough. It's tough. But the Lord can help us. He can help us overcome that loneliness through His presence, through His people, and through the Word of God. God never intended for us to be alone. And we're thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ is our friend. He's with us through thick and thin. He's got our back. He has our interests in mind. He cares for our souls. And we care for each other as well. May the Lord encourage us to remember that we're never alone. Before we end the message today and I close in a word of prayer, I'd just like to read a hymn. Now, this hymn is entitled Never Alone. And at the end of the message, Brother Dave Thompson's going to play it and you're going to hear him playing and you'll see him too. They show him and it was a blessing last week when I was able to watch him play the piano and listen to the hymns that he played. Brother, we love you. And we thank Gloria too for playing at the beginning of the time before we start. But this hymn is interesting. It's unusual in one respect that we don't know who the author was who wrote the lyrics and we don't know who the composer was who wrote the music. Neither one. Now, a lot of times it's usually one thing or another. The author is unknown, but there's a, a composer that wrote the music for it. But it's rare indeed. I don't know too many hymns that are like this where the author is unknown and the composer is unknown. Now, it's not found in our red book that we use currently. It was found in the old red book that we used to use when we were at the Grange Hall and the Veterans Hall and across the street and, and different things before. And the title of it is Never Alone and with, a, with an exclamation point. And I'd just like to read these words. Listen to them and how they can really bless our soul. It says, How many times discouraged we sink Beyond, beside the way. About us all is darkness. We hardly dare to pray. Then from the mists and shadows, the sweetest voice e'er known says, Child, am I not with thee? Never to leave thee alone. The second verse says, O soul, hast thou forgotten the tender word and sweet of him who left behind him the print of bleeding feet. I never will forsake thee. 
O child so weary grown, remember I have promised never to leave thee alone. Third verse says, Take courage, wayward pilgrim, though mists and shadows hide. The face of him thou lovest, he's ever at thy side. Reach out thy hand and find him, and lo, the clouds have flown. He smiles on thee who promised never to leave thee alone. And then I love the chorus that says, No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. May God encourage our hearts today that He will never leave us alone. And we may be alone by ourselves, isolated at home, but you're never alone because Jesus is with you. And when you have saints to encourage you and you have the Word of God to encourage you, it's such a blessing. May the Lord encourage our hearts today. Shall we close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we just thank You for Your Word We thank You for encouraging us today. We thank You for reminding us today of who You are, how much You love us, how You've promised to be with us and never to leave us nor forsake us. Lord, You've promised to be with us in the times of our aloneness and loneliness. You've promised to be there for us. You reminded Paul that You had many people in that city. You reminded Elijah that there was 7,000 who had not bowed down to Baal. You reminded David throughout his life that you were with him and caring for him. And Lord, we just need reminders. We thank you that you have given us your word to remind us. Help us, Lord, to be encouraged by the promises of God, by the commandments and the principles of God. And help us, Lord, not to turn to the left or to the right, Help us to do Your will. And Lord, this pandemic will soon be over and we'll be back together again as brothers and sisters in Christ. Oh, we long for the day, Lord. We long for the day. We pray for You to intervene and interfere in this situation. And we thank You for Your great love. And we pray that You'll be with us each and every day that we will spend time with You in prayer and in Your Word and draw upon Your strength for this journey ahead is very difficult for us. And we just pray you'll be with us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.